gentlemen, and welcome to the first episode of Plots Boys. I'm your host, Elazar Perez, and you already know me from the Eli and Pat show. But you don't know these two gentlemen, first time on the production. Here's all my two co-hosts and a guest star, Andrew and Orlando. Yes, uh, yes, thank you for having us. Um, oh. You're on the show. Well, I am. Yeah, I am. A Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, but yeah, I'm glad we've been able to get this started up. It's definitely a lot of trial and error, but huge thank you to uh, Bruce and uh, Mr. Chambers for being able to get this all up and running. Definitely uh, taking their valuable time, making sure we're we're up and live. So, shout out to them. No word. It's a huge shout out to both. Chambers and Bruce for helping us get through this because without them, we'll be in the bigger hole right now. But overall, <laughs> should we get started with the show? Shall we? All right, let's shall. We shall, definitely. Right. So, I think we should start with the baseball season. We know that's coming to a close fairly soon. Postseason's about to get started. So, we'll do a little throwback to the beginning of the baseball season with these new rules they put into play. So a couple off the top of my head that were pretty important. Um, they uh, basically put in the pitch clock so that games are almost 45 to an hour shorter than normal. Um, they also made the bases bigger, which helps out players' safety. And uh, they did a little uh, pitcher step-off rule. So if they, they step off more than twice in an at-bat, the batter automatically gets the base. That brings up a whole bunch of uh, stealing, which is good for the game. So yeah. what are your, what's your guys' take on that? Well, you wanna? Yeah, I mean, I can start first. You know, I'm a bit more of a, a novice baseball fan, but uh, you know, these are still, I think, good rules for baseball because it makes it more entertaining. I mean, that's kind of the big criticism from like non-baseball fans or baseball haters. It's just like, oh, it's boring. You know, no one wants to watch baseball. It's yeah, but I think you know these rules adds more offense, adds more action, keeps it more up pace, and I, I think that's really gonna make people like me tune in more and. Uh, definitely check out baseball more it's fantastic well as we know baseball was quote-unquote the only sports without a clock that's not true golf doesn't have a clock <laughs> you right. don't want to hear it golf did does uh, who watches golf i can't say that that's i watch golf i mean my dad watches golf who you watch tiger woods i watch anyone you right, know that's like the only you know, I, just, I, I mean i usually i try to go golfing the keyword try you know i get out there get three holes in and then i'm like all right Right. Kind of ready to pack it up, but I'll leave. I'll leave that to the pros. Yes. I'll leave that to the pros. You'll you leave it at Tiger Woods. The yeah. change, the news. Well, the new change to the rules of baseball. Overall, the pitch clock makes it a little bit faster. It's something that a lot of players got to get adjusted to. And the extended bases, I wasn't really with it, but I'm with it. The only issue a lot of people have is the ghost runner. Oh, man. It's a regular season. I understand they're trying to decrease injuries, but there's, that's something you shouldn't be really complaining about. A ghost runner during the regular season, it minimizes injuries. Yeah. And you can switch around a player for better speed. Yeah, and you don't want to play 18 innings one night and then go the next night and you know have to play at noon the next day. It's, it's, that's just how it is for the game. Regular season, you want to make it fast-paced. But when it comes to postseason, it's a whole different story. That's when, you know... When the real challenge comes, and I like how they also extend the brackets too. Because now three wild card teams and three divisional winners, the best thing to happen. It's like the NFL just in baseball. Exactly, yep. 
Let's toss it over to the next topic. So uh, obviously we have a little bit of a more, more novice baseball fan here, but what teams do you think surprised the league, disappointed the league, kind of met in the middle? What, do you, what, are, what are your thoughts? I know what team didn't surprise the league. <laughs> Minnesota. Well, Minnesota. their whole division sucks, so that's one thing. Yeah. But the Orioles. Baltimore has not been good since 2015, 2016, when the Cubs last won the World Series. Baltimore has not saw any success. Mm -hmm. And this is a year to see success. So overall, Baltimore is one team that I see surprising the whole entire league. The Reds is another team because they they just brought up one of their best players, one of their best prospect in Ellie De La Cruz. Born Dominican switch hitter, and I'm telling you right now, he's coming to compete. Yeah, and about Cruz, I mean, when they first brought him up, I I believe that their percentage to make the playoffs was around less than one, maybe I think point four. Now they are uh, just a game back out of that last wild card spot uh, against the Chicago Cubs, so they um, they're actually tied for that position right now. So that's very impressive on their end, but. Uh, me as a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, I would love to get into this conversation, which we have a little graphic for as well. The 2023 New York Baseball. So you wanna, let's. You want to do this? You want to do this right now? I'm gonna have to. All right. Let's We're just, talking about baseball. Got to get the big apple in there. Show the graphics. Let's, let's just show the graphic. Yep. Yeah, we'll pop it up. New York Baseball, man. The Yankees the and the Mets, oh, okay. first and second in salary this season. Mets were in first. With about 340 million Yankees in second, with about 270 uh, total projected wins for those both teams. They're they're both supposed to win over 90 games. Yeah. But now the Yankees are vaguely still in the playoff race, not entirely. Um, I know these stats on this graphic a little outdated because they were made a few days ago. But sitting at 70, 76, and 74, six games back out of a wild card spot. And as for the Mets, they are out of it classic new york i mean they're always disappointing it seems like in baseball those the new york teams are they ever right. are they ever reached expectations right. Right. Ooh, that's a freezing cold take right i'm gonna there. put it like this because one the mets had the highest paying they had the highest payroll in the league and you're telling me you signed two of the best pitchers out here in big two hall of famers mm-hmm. two hall of famers yeah. and you just returned them to their teams Sergio should have never been a Met. Verlander should have never been a Met. The <laughs> Mets should never see a playoff spot for a minute because you just wasted money on two of the best players out here in this league. Yeah. Cole is set. I feel bad for Cole for being out there. I feel bad for Judge for being in New York right now because of how how their performance went this year. But for the Mets, is no excuse. You have the highest paying payroll out there. You signed two of the most expensive pitchers, and you sell them. Right now, I'm celebrating because the Mets right now deserve this. As much as the Yankees deserve not making the playoffs, the Mets definitely not does not deserve making the playoffs either because what they did this offseason, don't sign. You're money hungry. Do not sign any players. Just, you know, produce them in your minors. Yeah, one of my biggest concerns with the Yankees is uh, pitcher Carlos Rodon. I mean, you brought you brought him in. You were expecting him to do well, get a couple wins for you guys. Was hurt most of the year, and now he's come back and doesn't really look too much of the same to he's me. He's a scammer within scammer at this point. It's like for Rodon, I don't know. I can't blame him for his injuries. We will have to see him on his year two um, contract. 
But overall, all these pitchers right now, and it goes for the Mets too. You gave up two of your best pitchers. Houston just got Verlander back for free, and Sergio just got um, you know, they, he just went to Texas, technically for on a discount. I mean, yeah. to, to give some thoughts on the Mets, I mean, I feel like it just shows you that you know it always starts at the top with uh, these teams, and no matter how much money you put in, how much talent you get, you know, if an organization just yeah, inside just doesn't have it all together, I think you just see these collapses. So. You know, that's why you see the Mets probably have a really disappointing year here. Just cause even with all that talent, is that if you don't have it together at the top, it doesn't matter who you put out there on the field. You, you, you know, you got to have it together inside. Yeah. And speaking of dysfunctional, let's talk about these Los Angeles Angels sitting right now at 68 and 82, currently eliminated and from the American League playoff contention. Can we just can we just add them to the same topic as the Mets? The the Angels, oh, yeah. they're done. They're a franchise done. Otani's leaving. They're thinking about selling Trout. This team is done. So well, let's really... let's let's toss up the Shohei Otani graphic. Let's have right. a little chat about that because right. you know he obviously has probably one of the most historic past couple of seasons a, a pitcher or a hitter of it has ever seen. He has Being... most, he has one of the most historical seasons since Babe Ruth. Exactly. And now you're looking at it. He cleaned up his locker. He went under for elbow surgery. Now it's looking like he's not going to be able to pitch again until 2025. Yeah. But, like, being a hitter in 2024, that's still a valuable asset. That's still some, like, some teams are going to pay him ridiculously big money. And as you can see on the graphic, the both New York teams are in contention for signing one of the best players in baseball. But my opinion, if I had to give a rock-solid take on this, I think he's going to Seattle. Ooh, Seattle. I think Shohei Otani has a very good chance of becoming a Seattle. Seattle Mariner. You know what? They just got to find some money. You know what? Seattle's old places. Seattle. He, he likes the West Coast. Does Seattle have the money? Does Seattle have the roster? Does Seattle have the lineup? He's not going to Seattle. I think I'm Seattle does this. have the lineup. Like, I'm going to say this. He's not going to Seattle. He's not going to none of the New York teams. If he does, I... I don't know what to say. I'll buy you a cake for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would hope you would do that if he, you know, even if he doesn't go anywhere. He's going to LA. He's going Not to LA. the Angels, but to the Dodgers. And the oh, Dodgers okay. need that DA spot. And with Otani there in LA, it's he, he he's gonna stay in the West Coast and he's gonna be happier with a team that's historical. Who wouldn't want to play for a team that broke the color barrier and that has beaten up on the Yankees throughout many World Series? Many, many, many. Dodgers is my team to go with. I mean, to comment on uh, Atani's injury, I think that's just like a tragic thing for the world of sports. I mean, not him not being able to pitch for potentially till 25, I mean... He's one of those players that, like, you know, all the other sports fans try to be like, oh, well, what's the Otani of the NBA, of the NFL? And, it's like, there's, there's no one who's like Otani in those other sports because Otani is one of a kind. So for him to lose that big, you know, factor that makes him one of a kind and has that versatility as a player, it's just, that, that's really a shame. And uh, I think the baseball world in general is going to miss him. And, you know, it, I, I wonder how much it's going to... Um, kind of impact you know the team that does get him right i mean they're you know they're, they're still getting you know one of the best hitters in foot uh geez, sorry baseball <laughs> but uh you, you know you're but you're still um football's coming don't worry yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's next yeah but you, you're still getting one of the best hitters um but still losing that pitching of him is yeah. still gonna sting yeah he's, he's not for me in my perspective he's not a dominant pitcher 
because you still can catch on to half of the stuff. He's mostly a dominant batter. He's a roof sure. that you haven't seen since the early 20s when Murder Row used to be one of the scariest lineups to ever face. Yeah. He's still going to do both, though. Yeah. There's, there's pretty much no Just one the injury that takes him. The injury takes it down level. Yeah. And it's the same thing for the new prospect that came up for the Yankees, Jason Dominguez. That UCL injury, it hurts. And you can lose that player for a while. But overall, if you can still get the bats, you're good. Yeah. But no, I'd say enough about the Angels, enough about the Yankees, enough about the Mets. Let's talk about the teams that are still in the mix. We got a little graphic right here. We'll pop up. Uh, this graphic's a little bit outdated, made it about six days ago, but all the only know. real changes from this graphic is that the Toronto Blue Jays have now jumped into that fifth spot. As you can see, Texas, Seattle, and uh, Toronto are all pretty close in the mix. Uh, Tampa Bay's got a stronghold on that fourth seed. I don't think that the Orioles are going to give that up anytime soon for the uh, AL East. And in the National League... One of the biggest surprises is that the Diamondbacks jumped up to that uh, fifth seed, hopped over the Cubs, and um, you know you have the Marlins that are half a game back, you have the Giants that are two games back, um, and then you have another dysfunctional fan- franchise. You got the San Diego Padres. That it just seems like there's nonsense going on in that organization. They're five and a half games back. Count them out. They're not making the playoffs. <laughs> Count them. That's out. why they're not in the graphic. <laughs> the teams that are making the playoffs out of the National Leagues is the Reds. And Miami that you have to watch out for. I they're on the outside was, looking in though. Yeah, the Reds are like they're still they're tied up with the Cubs right now. But overall, the East is set: Baltimore, Houston, Minnesota, Tampa, Toronto, Seattle. Those are your six teams making into the playoffs. Yeah, Yankees, Boston, nothing. But overall, the National League it's something to keep an eye out. Mostly, the Cubs and the Reds. Yeah, I mean, they're going to fight for one of those spots. I mean, I think i got to give respect where respect is due. I think those Diamondbacks yeah. have earned their spot. I mean, for a franchise that is only on the back burners, being able to stay seven games above five hundred, especially down the stretch of the summer, uh, I think is very impressive. They're only ha- they only have a half a game uh, hold on that fifth seed right now. Uh, they've been fighting with the Cubs, but, I mean... That NL Central has been so poor this season, I wouldn't be surprised if neither of those teams in the Central just skipped out on the postseason. Oh, yeah. But let's switch it over. Let's not talk about who might be in the playoffs. Let's talk about who will be in the World Series. You want to start it off? Yeah, I'll start it off. So we have a graphic for this one as well. I think I'm going a more traditional route. I have the Houston Astros facing up against the Atlanta Braves, and I'll take the Braves in six games. I think the Braves have proved all season that they... Are uh, the team to beat is not only the National League but entirety of baseball. I've seen Astros go through a couple of uh, speed bumps throughout the season, but when it comes to playoff baseball, I think these are the two teams that have their helmet on the best that I think that are going in the right direction. You you okay, Orlando? You want to say something before anything? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You want my picks for the? Yeah, uh, let me hear your yeah. picks. So, before I <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you know, I really want to go in with the whole Baltimore kind of. You know, this has just been such a you know amazing season for them, surprise season for them. You know how good they've been, and you know, like you said, it was like 2012 since the last time they were. Uh, 2015. 2016. 2015. Yeah, yeah, 2015 since they were a good team. So I, I really want to buy into that. But I think I might go. I'm definitely going the Braves to make it the World Series. You know, they have been so good. They've been dominant, and I know they're loaded with talent. So I feel pretty good about them making the World Series. I think 
I'm gonna have the Rays. Uh, the Rays. Meet them and Rays the Rays losing the Callahan. Oh, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Camera, you see me right now? <laughs> Eye contact right now. He said the Rays. Yeah. Uh, two big, two big losses over the summer. The Rays are 0-2 in the World Series against a team that has a Cunha. Oh, oh, Alonso. I never said they were going to win the World Series. <laughs> I thought they were going to make it. But I think I would have the Braves right. take it all. But I, I think the Rays are going to make it there at the okay. very least. Atlanta all the way is my my go-to. I'll see Baltimore making it, but Atlanta is all the way. No matter what, Atlanta has proven every team out here that they can compete, and they won another World Series championship. When's the last time they made it? 2021? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm looking. And he got them taking two games, though. He got Baltimore taking two games, so they're not nothing to just. Baltimore's so, a good so, team. So, so a game yeah. six, then. All right. You got the, you know, you're not saying that they're just going to steamroll through the playoffs. You know what? I'll, before we end this right here in this segment, I'll say this. For Baltimore to really make it, since it's a lot of things going around for them being an inexperienced team, it's the playoffs. It doesn't matter. All slates are refreshed. If this team wants to push for a championship and bring one back to Baltimore, they're going to do it. And Atlanta's not scared of it. Atlanta's hungry. And they want to be up there as one of the most historical teams. So, Atlanta all the way. That right there, ladies and gentlemen. Those are some wise words from wise men. Let's hop into our next segment. Football's here, baby. Football is here. But, you know, before we get into our next segment, let's take a break real quick. Take a little breather? Let's take a little breather. We'll take a little breather. We'll be back after these commercial breaks. We're back. And better than ever. We're back from the empty <laughs> yeah. Anywho, welcome back to Platts Boys. Um, sorry about the technical difficulties right here. Um, Andrew, get us into our next segment, please. Right before we jump into the next segment, just again wanted to give a shout out to the whole PSTV team and uh, Bruce Carlin and John Chambers for helping us out with the live stream. We've been going through a couple of difficulties, which we would still be going through if they were not here. So. Let's jump into the next topic of discussion. Let's get into football. We are two weeks in. Couldn't be happier uh, so far. Gl- glad that football is back. But for those of you who aren't too into it, what teams should we watch out for this year? Who's on your radar? The Cowboys. Ooh, yeah. The Cowboys and that defense. Yeah, yeah that defense is super scary. <laughs> <laughs> I give you that at least. All right. So, yeah, the Cowboys is one of them, at least. You think they're going to beat the Eagles in that division? Uh, I still see it as a Chiefs and Eagles Super Bowl, but the Cowboys can make some noises. I got nothing really else to say because it's like, well, the team out there really can't count the Jets. I don't don't really see them anymore. But what team can you really count out there to be really good enough to match up with those two teams? So I got a couple. I got a couple of teams. I think that the Seattle Seahawks have a very good chance to make some noise. Uh, I think with their receiving core of Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, at the end of the season could go down as the best receiving core in the league. And I think that Geno Smith, if he's getting his calls and he's making his plays, then Seattle shouldn't have too much of a problem. I know they had a little bit of an issue week one against the Rams, but that week two game against the Lions was an instant classic. 
you know, they always put up a lot of points, and that was good to see a nice rebound from them. I also do have the Detroit Lions. I think that uh, their team is kind of built to win. I like their draft pick. They played into their strengths. They know that, you know, Jamal Williams was the touchdown leader last year. Now he's in New Orleans. Uh, getting uh, Jameer Gibbs, I think, plays into their strengths. That's what they like to do. And unfortunately, seeing David Montgomery go down, we'll see a lot more of him next week. And just, I also do have the Cowboys on here. So i just give you a little shout out there. But also, maybe a little bit of a freezing cold take on my end. I say that this is the absolute last chance for the Chargers. The Chargers have had Justin Herbert. They've had the duo of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Austin Eckler is obviously a top five talent. But the team can't find any wins. Can't find any postseason wins. They couldn't find. They can't find any wins this year. A couple heartbreaking losses, the first two games. You know, I obviously on Sunday, your thoughts are different than now. But you know, Brandon Brandon Staley's on the hot seat, and if you can't win with that talent, it's it's not a good look. Um, I will say, really, right now, the Chargers. I don't know. The Chargers is like the Clippers to me at this point. That's a good I can't, I can't see them really making it far. And for one, the Rams really prove it that they're the dominant team in L.A. Because you won a Super Bowl in your new stadium. You hosted the Super Bowl as well to win it back for your team. The second time ever. Yeah. And as for the Chargers, it's like they can pick up these top, you know, these top pieces, but they can't really do anything with it. And I can say the same thing for the Cowboys because it's like for, the Q, for your QB, Dak is not a good QB. He's Ooh. not a consistent QB. Wow. Yeah, and I'm sorry to say that's, he's that's, not that's he's not a consistent QB. It's for the Cowboys you you're depending too much on trying to find your homegrown QB. And it's not it's not it's he's rare. Got his contract too. You don't think he's you don't think he's, yeah, the he's guy not guys? worth his contract. Wow. It's like how long have you been on the team and you haven't really brought this team? It's I can say the same thing for judges contract. If it gets to the point, but I trust Judge much more than Dak to bring their team to a championship. Trey Lance season. Yeah, you could say that. Well, I, uh, I'll give you my teams. Yeah, um, yeah. I got I got three. They're all in the NFC. Now these aren't like contenders, but I think these are like sneaky good teams this year that people are probably pretty low on, and I think can make the wild card. Nets, the Commanders, the Bucks, and the Rams. Um, I think my favorite out of the three is the Commanders. Um, I love Sam Howell. I was a big fan of him coming out of the draft. I think I think that was the Malik Willis draft with Kenny Brown. Pickett. It was a Kenny Pickett. Kenny one. Pickett in the yeah. first round. Shout out to all those Steelers fans out well, there. Well, yeah, I, I think Howell might be the best one out of all those quarterbacks. I think he's great in Washington so far. And I think Eric Bieniemy, um, you know, offensive coordinator from the Chiefs going to the Washington. He's really proving himself. That offense has looked really productive. Howell has. You know, he still he has some, like, pocket issues and, and all that, but, you know, his arm looks great, and he's been making, you know, he's been making that offense move, and I, I think the Commanders, they can make the wild card for sure. I think they can be better than the Giants, that's for sure, this season. Oh, what's yeah. um, be better than the Giants? Well, you know, I, but, <laughs> I mean, as, in, as the Commanders, nothing on your first and they got a good yeah. defense, too, so I, I like the Commanders a lot this year. I think they can make some noise. You know what? This is for sports songs out there. I see the Jets beating the Giants. 40 to 7. Okay, okay. I know a couple people who would be happy with that, and I also know a couple people who aren't going to be happy with that. But, we, speaking of the Jets, and actually just actually just do a little thing here, I think that the Commanders are on a great start to their season, 2-0. 
Uh, that game against Denver, I think, was a game that I didn't think that veteran uh, presence such as uh, Russell Wilson uh, would lose. You know, you're you're a veteran going into a game against a, a bunch of young guys, and you know, you, they kind of embarrass you uh, when they were on the road. So we won't talk about the pass interference. That's yeah, we won't talk about it. That that hail mary at the end. Oh my goodness! <laughs> How do you fail a two point conversion after a hail mary? Anyway, let's head over to New York, where the New York Jets is looking a little bit different this year. Because in one of these main factors, they're primetime games. Uh, we have a little bit. Of, uh, we have a graphic to pop up about the Jets' uh, primetime games last year. Only one it was a Thursday night game against Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. But now they got a lot more. Obviously, they were able to win off of a thriller against the Bills. But uh, just a week from now, they'll be going against Kansas City. They also got the Chargers in prime time. Almost the entire AFC West. They also got the Raiders, Dolphins on Black Friday, and then close it out with the Browns. What's your thought on this, this prime time schedule? The Dolphins are going to be a good one to watch. And I know Pat, he's a huge, uh, you may remember yeah. Pat, Dolphins. That's something he's going to watch. So, Hans, be careful. If you talk to Pat, really be careful because I don't want you going down there thinking that you're a lineman and trying to take out um, Tula Set. Anywho, but <laughs> uh, what else? I don't know. For the Jets right now losing Aaron Rodgers, those, those pride type games is just for them for sure. Overall, this team, can you really depend on Wilson? It's the question. Can you depend on your secondary QB? Can Roger comes back before the playoffs, and can the Jets make the playoffs? Yeah, I, I was pretty high on the Jets going on the season. I actually had them second in the AFCs, and I'm a Dolphins fan, but I really believe I, you know, I'm really high on Rodgers, and that defense is just so legit, and we've seen it so far this year. Their defense has been incredible. Um, but, you know, without Rodgers, I just don't even know if they can make the playoffs, to be honest. I mean, Zach Wilson, I mean... I want to believe in him, but he is just, he's not it. I, he hasn't shown anything. And even if they make a trade for a quarterback getting like an Andy Dalton um, or a Jacoby Brissett, I still just don't think they're going to have enough to do it. I think they need a real quarterback, especially in the AFC. I mean, God, you can just go over all the amazing quarterbacks in the AFC. You need to have a top caliber quarterback if you want to have Super Bowl ambitions. They're just, I don't think they're going to have that this year. So, I mean, you know, I think this is just going to be a rough year for the Jets. Yeah. And, I mean, this is what needs to happen in order for the Jets to possibly sneak into the postseason. They yeah, need Brees Hall to come back. You know, he needs more than four snaps per game. <laughs> you need to get him going. You know, obviously recovering from an injury is very serious, but he needs to get rolling again. Um, and that defense needs to stay dominant. I mean, the New York Jets brand of football is, you know, keep the game close, win that field position battle, and then at the end of the game get your points and, and get out of there with a win. Yeah. So, I mean, they were able to perform that pretty well with Zach Wilson when they needed to. Uh, they also had moments where they couldn't perform when they needed to. So I think that the Jets are going to have to, are going to have to operate in, you know, two minutes left in the game, you're down by two. Can you get your points and win? Can you really get your points is really the question. Can the Jets really succeed this season is the question in general. We're going to keep you up to date with that question throughout the season as we continue on because yeah. what's next on our list yeah what is your guys's preseason well i guess now we're in week two we know a little bit what's going on but a little bit of a super bowl prediction we have a little graphic to pop up about patrick mahomes will the chiefs repeat i mean this is one of the first graphics i made for the show and it's actually funny because 
all three stats on the, the stat sheet is stats that he led the league in. So we know he's a generational talent, led the league in passing yards, over 5,000, over 40 passing touchdowns, quarterback rating above everybody else. I mean, this guy seems to be the best, but that receiving core, you have Kadarius Toney with a complete mental error in week one, couldn't find a way to bring anything down. You know, in week two, you have almost a defensive game. You know, Patrick Mahomes being a part of a defensive game, that's almost unheard of. So it seems like the Chiefs are almost switching their brand of football. I mean, I think Kansas City, I think Cincinnati will be fine come come when it gets colder out. You know, teams aren't supposed to be perfect throughout unless you're the Patriots until you get to the Super Bowl. Well, <laughs> for him at least, I see him as the next Tom Brady of the league. Because he's already got the two old titles, the two MVPs. He's a he's a QB not to mess with. He's, he's the AFC. I can say he's a future Hall of Famer QB right there. He already could be in the Hall of Fame just off his resume right now. I mean, two Super Bowl he's rings. Reti- if he retired today, I think he'd be a Hall of Famer for sure. But can Ooh. he repeat as champions? I say yes. And that does not happen in the NFL very often. It doesn't. So, if I, I mean. You think about all the other teams at the AFC. I mean, just on paper, in that division, you know, Devontae Adams with the with the Raiders, yeah. Russell Wilson, who, I mean, people are still trying to scratch their heads and saying, hey, when Lamar is he going to come back to, to to proper form? And, yes, AFC North, you have Lamar Jackson. You have Joe Burrow. You do have TJ Watt and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Got to give, gotta give a quick shout-out to them. Just got came off of a Monday night win against Cleveland. They'll oh, definitely exist God. in the NFL this season. I can tell you that much. For them. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. The Steelers are going to just... They're going to they're gonna love you and then show you the hard side of a backslap. With how the season has started, I honestly kind of starting to think, this is like the Chiefs' AFC to lose. I mean, you have so many of these AFC teams who have been disappointing so far. Chargers, 0-2. Bills had that really uh, disappointing game against the Jets. Jets lost Rodgers. Um, Bengals have been uh, disappointing so far. I mean, really, the Ravens would be their biggest threat right now, but they can get over, you know, these teams continue to be disappointing, and they can get themselves together, and I think we we would all trust the Chiefs to get it together more than those teams. I think the Chiefs have a really clear line to the Super Bowl once again this season. I'd say one of their biggest struggles is... uh teams they would have to go through is the the Dolphins I mean yeah, just looking is. about how they're starting this season they're you know Tyreek Hill ending with you know over 150 yards he wants to get 2,000 this season you know to a lot of questions after the, the the big head injury you know will he be able to play full season that we don't know yet but the first couple of games it seems like they're starting to get their footing they're starting to realize their brand of football and that's that's to put up as many points as you can and it's hard to beat a team when they're putting up 40. Oh, yeah. That is, that's, that's true. But, you know, it's still early in the season. I'll give it to, like, week five to really start deciding what we got as Super Bowl picks. But as of right now, I, I still have the Chiefs and Eagles. Like, a rematch right there, that will that'll be good. If not, who knows? Any other team can really surprise. But Chiefs is my repeat right I think, now. I think the Niners are going to make it this year. Niners. Even though, like, the Eagles are very hard to pick against as well, I think very, very likely they make it back because I, I think the NFC is just the Eagles and the Niners. I don't think anybody else has a really Let me set the stage. Let me set the stage. You NFC Championship game, he got the 49ers at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys have not been good against the 49ers in the postseason. A couple of errors late in the game over the past two seasons, 
So, you know, if you have Micah Parsons on all cylinders, or you have Dak Prescott playing like he's playing now, I mean, that defense is unbeatable. I think that that could be one of the most entertaining NFC Championship matchups. But that's all the way until the winter. We'll have to wait on that. But speaking of a team that was in the Super Bowl, how confident should Philly fans be? I mean, coming off of a Super Bowl appearance, your quarterback got his money. Jalen Hurts got signed a huge contract over the season. We also have a little graphic right here about their additions, subtractions, players they brought back. Seems like they brought a lot of guys back. I mean, Jason Kelsey and Jalen Hurts, I mean, that that combination right there has just led to so much success. Darius Slay coming back is big too. And, you know, looking at their losses, they don't have many names that jump off the list. Like, I know Miles Sanders had a very successful season last year. Now he's in Carolina. But, I mean, even just getting Jalen Carter in the draft is just so impressive coming off of a Super Bowl appearance. I mean, you say none of those losses are significant. How about uh, maybe he's not even a player? How about Shane Steichen that they lost, their offensive coordinator? Their offense has not looked as good as it was last year. They've been really struggling to pass the ball, and they haven't looked as comfortable. They look a little more out of sync with, it, with each other. So I think actually losing Steichen in the offseason might have been their biggest loss so far, and I think that, that offense has a little bit of room to grow to get back to what they looked like last year, being completely unstoppable. No. Yeah really have anything else to say. I was going to say you're a little quiet during this during this Eagles talk. It's Coming really, from a Dallas fan. I just got to say this. For Philly fans in general, you're just putting too much effort and faith on your teams. Because <laughs> your Phillies haven't done anything. Your Eagles lost to field issues. What was it? AstroTurf? And overall, it's like... Philly fans, you can compete, but can you really compete is the question. I'm going to leave it until winter. I'm not saying anything else. Mic drop. I mean, I would say that, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Philadelphia's coming uh, is, you know, undefeated so far, two wins. Undefeated, but can they take that? They can take the same energy, but can you get past the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, in ugly games, you know, as a Steelers fan, I like to say this myself, you know, a win is a win. You'll be 0-2 no matter what, even if you only win by 1 or you win by 50. So I think the point you made is very true. I mean, losing an offensive coordinator that led you to so much success. I mean, we just saw the other night, you know, A.J. Brown was frustrated with Jalen Hurts when they were winning. So clearly there are some offensive uh, questions that need to be answered. But if you can keep winning football games in the meantime, you know, I'd like to say that, you know, they're looking pretty successful. But... I think that football would has a very funny way of shaping itself out throughout the season. Let's talk about something that's a little bit on the horizon. Let's get to some NBA basketball. Let's get it through it. So something that I've been paying attention on and something that's been confusing me as of late, uh, over the summer, Damian Lillard basically demanded a trade to the Miami Heat. He said, that's the only place I want to go. How does that impact Miami and what they're offering to, uh, to the Trailblazers? It's not happening. Hmm. That That's a mic drop, folks. It's not happening. Miami fans, you're depending too much on trying to get Leonard. It's not happening. Damien and the Trailblazers do not. Well, Damien wants to leave, but the Trailblazers is not going to give up Damien that easily. You're either giving up a bunch of draft picks and some good all-star caliber players, or 
you're just going to have to wait until free agency, which, when is it again? Not that. He still has a long way to go. Yeah, he's still under contract for a bit. Overall, the Trailblazers are not giving up Leonard, especially to the Heat. They're gonna give up. They're gonna have to give up a lot for that, and it's not. It's something that the the Trailblazers are not gonna do. Yeah, and I well, mean the Heat at least. I mean my fault. Yeah, this kind of bleeds in a little bit to our next topic. Uh, what do the Knicks need to do before they're scary contenders? I think if Damian Lillard could find his way on the Knicks, that's huge. I mean the Knicks are lacking a pure score. I mean Jalen Brunson has been their guy as of late, but if you can add in Damian Lillard and not have to give up too much of your your core and your 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 main players, I think that the Knicks can become scary at that point. You know, scary scary? Not scary uh, scary. But for now just a little scary. I mean your scoring in my opinion I right. think becomes better than Philadelphia. Lando, you're a little bit quiet over there. You wanna <laughs> you wanna say something before I actually ran on Andrew right now about how these Knicks sounding like the Mets right now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean with the whole Damian Lillard stuff, it's just kinda like you know, you, you say that you know, he's not going to Miami, and like I understand, like Miami is not offering something that's worse than Damian Lillard, but we don't really know anything about it. It's just been such a dead story for so long now that like who knows where it's going to go. I don't know if Portland is going to just be like, all right, well, we, we're not getting anything else, so we just settled Miami. It's, um, it's like the Kyrie and KD situation all over again. You'd think that the Nets would have given up KD and Kyrie easily like that. It's a it's an all-star caliber player. This man is all Yeah, I think Portland's doing the right thing. Like, yeah. they need to be stubborn about it. He's I, a future Hall of Famer. I, I would say, forget New York. I, w- I want to see him go to the Thunder. I think the Thunder should be. Oh, the they have the assets. Exactly. I they think, have I the assets. OKC picking up on Damien is not... That's, that's, that's crazy. I think that would turn him into... One of the best teams in the West, for sure. I mean, yeah. I think they should get all over that, but I think they want to just keep their young guys and keep building up with their, and keep their picks, but I think they should go all in for Lillard. I think that would be great. That would be interesting, and I think that with with that, I mean, I mean, I've, I've, I don't know what the Thunder are thinking. I don't, I don't know much about anything, but if I were them, I'd say keep, keep your guys, keep the guys that you know can turn into something. You guys have your draft picks. And it seems like that's what they're kind of forming their culture around right now is, hey, you know, we don't have a big splash player like Russell Westbrook. You know, Shai Gildas Alexander, I think, fits very well with what they're trying to do. And yeah. building around it with guys like Giddy, uh, I think, is their bread and butter going yes. into the next couple of seasons. But speaking of teams that you'll always see on ESPN... Uh, are both LA teams past their championship window for now? LA and the Clippers, at least from my opinion, they are. The Lakers are done. With LeBron making it to his final years in the NBA, does he have fuel left to take the Lakers to a championship? Absolutely not. They do not have the depth for it. Clippers is the same thing. Kawhi's too injury prone. He can't stay healthy for a full season. And Chris Paul can't do the same thing. It's like, well, not Chris Paul. Paul George can't do the same thing. Chris Paul's with the Warriors. He's starting point guard for the Warriors. Now. Yeah, I don't think that as oh, well with starting? that. Yeah, he's starting. Now. I thought he was going to be their sixth man. With CP3 being on the Warriors as well, would they would it give it leverage? Maybe. But for the Clippers' point of view, what is it? PG... Kawhi, they can't do it by themselves. And Kawhi being injury prone, it's only PG on that team. So it's like, what can you really do? Yeah. I think 
I disagree with the Lakers not having any depth. I think that's exactly why they got to the conference championship this Reeves? last season. They can got... you get can you get past the Nuggets? <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not, I'm just countering the fact that they don't have any depth. I think they have depth. I think they added that they're, now. They're, after they... It just it's just like it's but, too young. But LeBron can't do everything. Exactly. Like that is the big question. I think that's the big question for both teams is the is one word health because the Lakers can't do anything about Anthony Davis. He's really the, the engine to that team now. LeBron is, obviously, you're right, he's not going to be able to carry them anymore. AD, though, I mean, he, he was a defensive monster against the Warriors. I mean, he was a big reason why they were able to beat the Warriors. So I think, He's got to step up. Injuries. I think he's got to step he, up. He stepped injuries. up last season. He, he showed us, like, he, why he's a top-ten player when healthy. He went up to that level again. But it's, again, of health for him, for sure. The Clippers, I mean, I'm just, I, I, I think Kawhi, I know it's crazy to say it's because he's such a great player, but I think for the Clippers, he's a liability at this point. He's liability. Just, he just, he's wow. just always. I'd agree with that. He's he is always injured. Like he, they have so it's much. Crazy, you know, coming off coming off twenty nineteen, where he won that championship exactly. virtually by himself. I mean, it's kind of heartbreaking in to think that. You know? Give me the reason why a lot of people didn't want just to go back to New York. Because he was, they were thinking that the Yankees were going to spend too much money on him because of his injury. It's the same thing with Kawhi. Kawhi can't stay one single season healthy. When's the last time has Kawhi played 82 games? Just his I mean, last postseason. Like, he, he, they, the Clippers looked like they were in a prime position to go on a run, and he got injured, and that completely killed their postseason once again. Like, it's just, and, and Paul George kind of also falls into that line a little bit. He, he hasn't been as, it's, always, it's just always one or the other, really. And, I mean, I think, you think about that one year where they went on that big run to the conference finals, lost to the Suns, um, like a year ago or so. You know, just Kawhi was there. I think I feel pretty good that they beat them, the Suns that year. I think they make the finals. I don't know if they beat the Bucks, but I mean that just shows you Kawhi is just holding this team back so much, and it's just kind of maybe the Clippers really do just need to rip off the bandit and enter a rebuild because it's hurting them. It's hurting them. PG thirteen can't do this by himself. Kawhi can't. You know, he's too injury prone to go into a season, a full season, healthy at least. And it's like, who do you really have? This is Westbrook's still on the team, right? Or he's, so. Yeah, I think they resigned him. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's been resigned too, right? Yeah. So can he hold down Kawhi's spot or can he do something to do damage against other teams while Kawhi recovers? Maybe he can do it in the regular season, but the postseason, they need Kawhi. No it, I, think, I think the, the age monster just got to him. Like, yeah, I, I love Russell Westbrook. What he did in the Thunder is literally one of the most historic things I've seen in basketball with the triple-double record and... I just think his age caught up to him. I don't think he can keep it up at that level. I mean, praise to God that he was able to do that without suffering a career-ending injury like Derrick Rose, but he was able to keep up his athleticism, and he could still perform and still be a valuable player now, but those days of triple-doubles and 30-point games, I think, are are behind us. It's like, it's, it's, what is it? You're not going to keep a burnt light bulb in the lights. At yeah. the end of the day... Sometimes you got to change them. Yeah. And it's time for change of scenery. Kawhi got to go. Westbrook, he's been re-signed. You're not going to really... If you can get some pieces back, yeah, trade him away. PG-13, send him to a team that can actually get him a ring. Yeah. I see the Warriors. Like, the Warriors got some pieces to give up. Maybe the Knicks, they can give up some pieces, too, for PG-13 if he's still worth it. I don't think the Warriors can afford Paul George. And I think the Warriors are a little, not not stingy, but they know what they like. They know they want to keep that trio of Draymond, Clay, and Curry as long as they can. I mean, Dr- they just Draymond, Draymond, so. Draymond, the one that sent, um, you know, George <laughs> Jordan Poole to Washington <laughs> after getting... We're not going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> but, 
Our last uh, topic right here, and this is something that's been fishing in my brain for a while about the NBA, uh, and I think this whole thing kind of started with LeBron, is team depth more critical than straight-up superstar talent? Team depth. Yeah, I th- well, I think it kind of depends on the talent you have. Like, look at the Nuggets. They have a guy like Jokic. Yeah, they make it. They make they prove that just Jokic and then a whole bunch of great depth around him. Yeah, you win. You're one of the best team in the NBA. But you kind of need a guy who is just <clears throat> that super like catalyst to a team. I feel like you you need one superstar. Absolutely, obviously. Yeah. But you kind of need um, you need a guy who can kind of do a little bit of everything and can just really be that that true anchor and heart of a team and. Not every guy can be Jokic, so I think you know some teams. Maybe you kind of do need maybe more like a nice secondhand man. And I mean, even Jokic has that with uh, Jamal Murray. And Jamal Murray is really good. I I don't know if I would say he's like All NBA type of player. He's coming off his injury too. Yeah, yeah. ACL but he, he he showed up a lot in the playoffs for them. So it's just like, but the whole Nuggets team did. I mean, every single player. So right now, I think the Nuggets are showing that depth is more critical than superstar talent. You just need one great guy, and you'll be fine. So I think that. What about when... the Warriors, though? The was it really depth, or was it a you super know, team? I will say, well, at the, the last championship They've kind they of won, maintained it, though, since, like, 2015. I'd say the last championship is kind of the same thing with the Nuggets, where they had Curry as a guy, and then a bunch of really good players, because, like, Clay and Draymond weren't really, like, at their level anymore. So I'd say the Warriors are another good example, where you just need that one guy, that superstar, and then a lot of good coaching and uh, depth around them, and you can win a uh, championship for sure. Yeah, because we saw, I mean, in 2015, you know, almost every single season was... Warriors Cavs that was the super team era then we kind of trickled into the like trios era where you had Katie Harden and uh, Kyrie on the same team we deviated a little bit into the duo era with like PG and Kawhi and Anthony Davis and LeBron I hope because I think this is what's best for the game that we enter an era of yeah you have your guy like Jokic but you also have like Porter Jr. you have Murray you have guys that can get the ball, guys coming off the bench that can get the ball, that I think could be very effective with uh, it. I like how you brought that up, like the change of era, because I think the Bucks are also an example of that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like 100%. Giannis being the guy, then a whole bunch of really good players around him. I think, yeah, it seems like we are entering that era of just like, you know, teams are don't really want to put a whole bunch of money into superstars because there's just too much weight on them with health and limiting your cap. I think teams are just trying to find that one guy and being very conservative about the rest of the talent around them. Oh, that's true. Overall, I say this: at least depth is one some, is something that is needed. It's needed for every sport, and especially for these two teams. Um, I see a lot of depth going around. The superstar era, though, is just it's gonna take over. The trios, like you see, how the the Suns are trying to get away from that. The Warriors, they really can't because they're they're born. They were they were built like that. Suns are trying to go super team right now. I think. Yeah, but the Suns don't, they don't have the potential for it. It's, it's better it's off great. just to really build off of your prospects. It is weird, too, because like, the Suns have so much talent, and they have a super team, and maybe we should just all be like, Suns are going to win it all next year. But like, They're not. It, yeah, it's hard They're to not. say that. They're I don't feel not. Yeah. It, it's weird, because they have so much talent. It's either yeah. the Nuggets repeating or the Warriors coming back and showing everybody, hey, we still got it. We're going to try to get our fifth ring all right, right that's here. the worst timeline. Well, that's... Chill, chill, chill. The Warriors got that. <laughs> I don't want to see the Warriors win anymore. <laughs> I would at least want to see Curry win his sixth or seventh, but yeah. That's, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up then, because I think we're going to get into those conversations more toward the NBA season. But I think that's going to be it for us here, the Platts Boys crew. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to our first episode 
Uh, follow us on Plattsburgh State TV for more nice content from our wonderful managers that will be working their hardest to be producing shows throughout the year. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Do you guys have any final final words for uh, our audience? Shout out to VMix and both Bruce and John Chambers for helping us out a lot with this live stream. I know it's been a difficult process, but we're still learning. It's PSTV. Everything is, I forgot the rest of the term. We're going to learn that someday. <laughs> Anywho, uh, thank you for watching, of course. Thank you for both my co-hosts and our special guest here. We will bring him back for more. But until next time, stay tuned to Plaster State Television for more of these production like this and newscasts as well. Until then, follow us on Plaster State TV, and we'll wish you the best night, Plaster. See ya. Mm -hmm.